And I got curious, like, this avocado, how did it get to my kitchen? You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. Coming to you from the studios at Arlington Independent Media. I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. This is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. Howard Gardner, a Harvard psychologist and educator, perhaps best known for his work on multiple intelligences, once wrote, I want my children to understand the world, but not just because the world is fascinating and the human mind is curious. I want them to understand it so they can be positioned to make it a better place. And of course, that's something we all want, the world as a better place, but how best to do that And what role might curiosity play? What happens when we choose to be curious about the lives and perspectives of people who live far apart from us? And are they actually apart anyway? My guest today is the host of a new show here at WERA. We first connected because she was busily embodying one of the cultural norms here at Radio Arlington, reaching out to fellow producers to tap into their experience and expertise. She was, as I would say, embracing her ignorance and choosing to be curious. So you know I was drawn to her from the very start. Bumi Akinisoto produces and hosts What in the World, a program that makes issues in U.S. foreign policy understandable and relevant to the rest of us. You can catch her show at 11 o'clock every Saturday morning here on Radio Arlington. And this is important because the latest Pew Research Center News IQ survey, which was released in late July, found that many Americans struggle when it comes to current events, let alone foreign affairs. And in a study released by National Geographic last year, even people who'd attended some college here in the U.S. scored on average only 55% on a quiz on foreign affairs. I've got links to these quizzes if you want to try your hand. Check them out on Facebook at Choose to be Curious. I'll confess I found the more advanced quiz a bit humbling. It was actually a little scary. So lucky us, we have Boomy here to help us catch up and keep up. So welcome, Boomy. Thank you so much, Lynn, for having me. I'm, I'm so glad to be here. I, I'm actually really excited about this because I think your show, I mean, it really does sort of embody kind of this, both the spirit of Radio Arlington, but also kind of what I like to do with Choose to be Curious about kind of choosing to be curious about things with which we might not have direct experience. So tell me kind of how you came to the show. Where'd the idea come from? <laughs> so I've, I've had the idea for a little while, probably about a, about a year mm-hmm. or so. But the moment that sort of like pushed me over the edge was uh, in February when um, President Trump was talking about the wall, building the wall along the the Mexican-U.S. border and having Mexico pay for it. And um, at the time, I literally was in the kitchen and I was cutting an avocado. And or I was trying to cut an avocado. <laughs> and so I noticed on the label on the skin of the avocado, you know, it said made in Mexico. Actually, I think it might have said like hecho in Mexico. And like this light bulb went off like, man, if if I were a Mexican official 
Mexican government person, politician, trade, whatever, into trade. And I heard that this president next door is talking about building a wall and having my country pay for it. I would be a little upset, annoyed. And and of course, because I'm politically minded, right, I'd be thinking of all the ways that I could get back at the United States. <laughs> and and I got curious, yeah. like this avocado, how did it get to my kitchen? And I went online, I went on I went on to Google and and I found out that 80% of our avocados come from Mexico. <laughs> right. I remember there was a whole thing in the news. It's like that's the end of your guacamole, that's folks. The end of your- your smoothies, you know, the spread on your fancy bread, like that's it. And and it's not, you know, it's not like a direct link. It's not like, you know, Mexico throws the avocado across the board and it lands into my refrigerator. It goes through a bunch of, you know, things before it lands to my refrigerator. But, you know, just knowing that there's this country, this hostile entity across the way who you trade with has the audacity to sort of speak about my country or my people in such a, a demeaning way, right? That that would influence how I trade, right? And the avocado um, is one of those items, as a, as many items in our lives that make our, you know, it makes our lives fun and interesting and happy, right? We can't make our Super Bowl dip yeah, if it's right. $8 for an avocado <laughs> because <laughs> Mexico's upset that we're building this this wall. So one of the things that I love about your show is this isn't actually a field that you're in professionally, right? Yes, in, in part. So my last job, uh, I worked in the Obama administration at the Environmental Protection Agency. Shout out to them. And I had a chance to work on some international work um, related to the the global climate change efforts. But before that, no, my career was on the nonprofit side and I worked as a fundraiser in Chicago. So I had always been interested in foreign policy and read up on things. And I was probably a little bit more um, uh, attuned to what was going on just from like the periphery. But it up until this job it wasn't something I had traveled abroad, even and done internships, but it wasn't something that I had done, like gotten paid to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so when what's your earliest memory of being kind of conscious of a greater world? Oh, I can't say the earliest memory, but for sure, being a child of immigrants just sensitizes you to that. Your household, my household um, we spoke Yoruba in English, and it, there was always a connection to Nigeria, to another place outside of the United States, just naturally. Right. Um, relatives would send me clothes and jewelry. <laughs> we went to Nigerian churches. And and if you're a Nigerian, a, a child of Nigerian immigrants, like, without a doubt, you went to a party and... If there were Nigerians there, which typically there were, they were debating politics mm-hmm. without a doubt. It, it could th- there could be one person or two watching CNN and be like, "Look at this crazy thing happening in Thailand." And you remember the Thai came tonight? You know, like, there's always something that they're arguing about with about the world, and so that's always been, you know, a part of my growing up. Just. And awareness. And we, my dad, I remember when he was in school, when he came to America, you know, we had um, 
classmates who were from all over the world, from India, from, you know, Latin America, and they would come and study in the house, you know. So it, it it's always been a part of my consciousness. And then, of course, just being a child of immigrants, period, you, you live in two worlds. Yeah. Really. And do you think, um, I think Americans are sort of notoriously not curious about other countries and notoriously ignorant as these yeah. studies <laughs> say. Yeah. So so do you have a theory about that? Yeah, I do. I do. And I've thought about this a lot and my friends and I who are first generation, second generation uh Americans, we talk about this a lot, right? So the difference is America is the leader of the world. You know, militarily, economically, we're sort of the 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 big the most important country arguable without a doubt right people look to us for a lot for, of things for good or bad for good or bad are. for better or worse right it, it is what it is when you're in that type of a position you have no reason to learn about other people yeah. because everybody's coming to you right everybody wants to come to your door come to want everyone wants your insight your resources your your expertise you know so there is no reason and then if, on top of that this didn't like fall from the sky, but like we're very comfortable here in America. Uh, we don't have to worry about foreign invaders, you know, on our streets. The UN doesn't like tell us what to do. For the most part, I mean, I would say after World after World War Two, right when we've sort of established ourselves as the global leader, we've been we've we've got some. We're comfortable. <laughs> and when you're comfortable, right. what reason do you, you have, have to have know about the world? Right. Exactly. Right. Or you think. You what do you think? Right. But what if you're if you're like, a, you know, country saying if you're Nigeria, if you're Venezuela or if you're, you know, you're used to having to know what's going on outside of the world because the world always is coming to you to fix you, mm -hmm. to give something to you, mm -hmm. to to monitor you, um, to feed you. If you're like maybe certain countries, let's say like Somalia. Right. Like. So you're always in the presence of an of, of another country in terms of them doing something for you. And as Americans, we're just not we're, we're not in that position. It's not the mindset at it's all. It's not the it's, mindset. Yeah, it's not the it's mindset. It's not the at mindset at all. And I love, by the way, what you do in terms of sharing relevant news articles and things. This is just a plug for Boomi's <laughs> Facebook page. Thank you. Because it's like this great digest of to me, fascinating stories related to your show. There was one piece that you that you shared recently that started with a quote from Dwight Eisenhower. I don't know if you remember this particular quote, but he said, I have long believed, as have many before me, that peaceful relations between nations requires understanding and mutual respect between individuals. Mm -hmm. If only people will get together, then so eventually will nations. And apparently this became this, you know, known as this people-to-people -people yes, speech. Yes, diplomacy, yeah. Right. And this whole idea that, you know, here is the general coming out of, of World War II with this kind of citizen diplomacy mm -hmm. idea. And as I read that and thought about it, and I thought, and this is so much grounded in our even thinking to be curious mm -hmm. about other people mm -hmm. and about their perspectives. What do you think is at risk if we don't do that? That's a great question. What is at risk? 
I I think what's at risk is uh, I don't want to say death. That's like too. I, I want to say primitive thinking, right? This so the world moves on without us, mm. you know, and we can either choose to stay in our comfort zone and just sort of like live, you know, in a space where we're comfortable with people who look like us, think like us, talk like us, worship, you know, but, but, but as the world moves on, we we will find that we're behind. Mm -hmm. Right. And he's absolutely right. And I, and I think what, what Eisenhower, one thing I would add to that is bravery. Like it takes bravery to, to be uncomfortable and to be curious. It does. It takes a level of courage and and oddly enough, a sense of confidence, right? Absolutely. So it's interesting that American lack of curiosity is in some ways an expression of a lack of confidence. Absolutely. Which I find fascinating. Right, because there are countries who don't have militaries. Right. We invest a lot in our military, right? And one parent, one one group of people would say, we've got to protect ourselves from these big bad monsters out there who are out to to harm us. But then another school of thought is like, well, wait a minute, not everybody's out here to to take us out. Right. <laughs> and so why do we need to invest all of our <laughs> our dollars in in into a military uh you know, into 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 preparing for something that may happen that prob- that may not happen, you know. So yeah, it takes it that does uh, that's actually a great point. I hadn't thought about it, but maybe that does speak to our lack of confidence um in 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 our ability to navigate the world and be a leader. Yeah, I I I agree. It takes bravery for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, what do you wish that people were curious about in world affairs? Oh man, everything. <laughs> everything. I wish one of the things that's that's been um heavy, not heavy, but uh something I've been thinking a lot about is religion. Mm. Mm, I wish more Americans were open to just the way people around the world view um, their faith. Oh, talk more about that. I think, so I I, 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 I identify as a Christian woman. Um, and, and just in the times that we're living, it feels like everything's so like, you know, this or that, right? You're either... A conservative Christian, or you're a progressive Christian, and or you you believe in abortion, or you like everything. So, but outside, I feel like outside of the world, mm-hmm. outside of the United States, I'm sorry, people don't look at it like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Re- religion, faith is very important, I think, to a lot of people. But the way we approach um, faith in this country and its relationship to politics is is very nasty. It's very divisive. It's very it's, it's binary. It's binary. It? <laughs> it's like I, I feel like everybody choose forces us to choose one side or the other. I don't think people outside. I don't think countries, many countries outside of the United States, that are Western um, in particular, approach issues this way. It, it's very interesting to me, and I wish more. You know, particularly, I think on the, and I'm not bashing Christian conservatives, but I, I think, you know, when they go to other countries to like build communities or 
do well, you know, put in wells or water wells or whatever. They often come with this like Bible and they're like, you know, you've got to believe in God. It's a quid pro quo. Right. Right. It's like, that's not the way you should be doing things. That's not, that's, that's, that doesn't make any sense. Like, why can't somebody want basic, their, their, their basic needs met and still be able to worship whoever they want to worship? Yeah. doesn't make any sense, but that's another topic. <laughs> so, so what in the world is one way of being curious yeah. about those issues? Yeah. If you listen to the first episode, I had Ambassador uh, Ruben Brigitte. This was a great, a great interview, Thank by you. the way. People I just appreciate Go it. and listen to it, people. He gave a, a foreign policy 101. I did. It, it, was, it was great. It, he's great. And he's an academic, but also a practitioner. So he, mm-hmm. he can do the high level talking and, and really make it make yeah, sense. It's very, you know, very much in the spirit of what I think you're looking for. In yeah. Terms of that. Very approachable. I was like, yeah, yeah, I totally get this. I get this, right? And that's what I want. But, 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 what's happened with foreign policy is that it's very, um, it, it's told from a very narrow perspective. It's told, and what we say in this world is um, white male Yale. Yeah, and not that their voices don't matter or that right. they're lying. But they're not the only voice. They're by not. Far. They're, God, there are people, and and to me, if for example, if somebody were to talk about, you know. Uh, athletic women. Why would you have someone who's like in the fashion industry talking about athletic women? Mm-hmm. You would want to get someone who is an athlete or was an athlete right. and a woman right. who can speak to her experiences about being an athlete. So oftentimes what happens with American foreign policy because, going back to your 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 question earlier, right, because we're the leaders of this quote unquote this the free world mm-hmm. and we're sort of seen as the the standard of knowledge and everything great about the world. We get to tell the stories. We get to share our expertise. Well those people who share those that expertise are often elite. Mm-hmm. They've been able to travel the world. Um, they've been able to go to prestigious schools. They come from families maybe that, you know, are politically connected. Or, you know, come from families with business connections. And so they're entre- they already have got an, an entree into that world. And usually those folks are white men. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for many, 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 many years, that's whenever we talk about foreign policy, you, you look and it's, it's their perspective. And that's a very narrow. But, it, you know, now we're got, we've gotten a lot better, which is, which is great. Yeah. Well, and I thought um, Ambassador Brigitte made an interesting point, too, about the credibility that comes in showing up at meetings and just being present in a country with a very diverse group of people that that the that the American diplomatic corps ideally mm-hmm looks like America Mm -hmm. and how radical that is. Absolutely. For people elsewhere in the world. Absolutely. We have have something that's actually quite unique here. Exactly. And having a way of communicating this, and maybe this goes back to Eisenhower's statement again, but just that seeing America as America is. Absolutely. Is actually a pretty powerful thing. Extremely. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was a great point and and again to me sort of went back to and therefore <laughs> all of us whoever we mm-hmm. are mm-hmm. 
should be informed about these things mm-hmm. and able to step into mm-hmm. these different places yeah. and tell whatever the story is Absolutely. and hear whatever that story is. And one as thing well. I like about your show, you know, with curiosity, I think sometimes people think you you have to do something because you know something. Sometimes knowing something is all you need. You don't like just because you know about the world doesn't mean that you have to like now go out to Peru and build huts or whatever or, you know, fix something. That doesn't it just knowing that uh just having the awareness is is powerful and and can be life-changing. I think to me the word respect really comes out a lot in this, Mm -hmm. that knowing those stories, caring that those stories exist, Mm -hmm. being curious about those stories Mm -hmm. is a sign of respect. Mm -hmm. And having done that, Mm -hmm. you open a door for for dialogue. You open a door where maybe there hasn't felt like a way forward. And you can, and you can, I I feel like when you have that type of, um, knowledge or that openness you sort of walk a little taller Mm. because you feel like you've just been like like taken to another place like you you've grown in some way like yeah yeah so where where's a good place to start Mm. where's a good place to go and get reliable information about the world yeah i'm going to echo ambassador brigady one and talk about and and suggest uh, the bbc for sure um I actually like um, the Smithsonian and National oh, yeah? Geographic. Like they put out great articles. They do actually, they and put, they've done some interesting surveying. And like, it's not just the pretty pictures. No, right? it's like they're like put out really like they did one actually on avocados <laughs> uh, recently. Uh, full circle, full, full circle, circle I love full it. circle, full circle, and 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 I posted it on the page as well. Um, and then choose wisely, but I mean, look at academia because usually they're like <laughs> in the middle <laughs> sort well, of or, or one hopes anyway that there's research that there's behind. research behind it there's facts all right i yeah. mean they you know they they're gonna have a slant but yes they're, they're gonna have research a, there but but yeah. they'll but you know that there'll be some rigor yeah behind what they're saying and if people don't go to those, let's at least give them your yes. social media access. Yes. Where can they find you? I, I am on Facebook at uh, facebook.com slash what in the world podcast. Okay. And I'm um, also on Twitter and it's um, at W-I-T-W pod. Well, and, and they should be listening Saturday mornings at 11. At 11. <laughs> at 11. New topics. Yeah. Yes. New topics. That's great. So I warned you about my big jar of wannabe analogies, <laughs> right? You ready? I'm ready. Okay. So reach in. Take a slip of paper. All right. I'm going to take one as well, and I'm going to take one for our audience. Um, and I can go first or you can go first, whichever you prefer. And we're going to make an analogy to curiosity. With whatever's on your slip of paper. You want to go or you want me to go? Um, I can go. All right. Go Mine ahead. says, ironically, radio. No way. <laughs> All right. How is curiosity like radio? Curiosity is like radio in that um, it, it, it is a platform to truly hear diverse topics, voices. And radio is making a comeback. Right. 
Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> everybody has a, a show, a radio show or a podcast or something. Um, and and uh, I think what radio does, podcasts do, is is provide a, a space for those voices that may not hit the New York Times or Washington Post or, you know, CNN. It's that space where everybody can can leave their mark on the world and, and be heard. Uh-huh. Oh, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I love it. It's not as hard as I thought it would be. <laughs> See? See, that's what I say to everybody. Okay, so mine is carrots. Oh, Whew, I'm glad I didn't <laughs> How is curiosity like carrots? Um, well, carrots um, Carrots are kind of a stealth vegetable, right? I mean, they, it's, it's subterranean. It, it grows out of sight. Um, and then you have to you have to sort of give it a tug. You have mm-hmm. to pull it, and then it's revealed. And what is revealed is colorful and nutritious mm-hmm. and improves your eyesight. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see the world. Exactly. So that's like curiosity and carrots. Yes. Okay. There you go. See? You love it. You get Good it. Good job. You totally get it. Okay. Good job. And uh, for the audience, uh, yours is a rosebud. How is curiosity like a rosebud? I've got one. Oh, Boomy's got one already. <laughs> okay, let us know. Hashtag analogy. Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you for that, and thank you for joining me. Thank you so much, Lynn, for, Lynn, for having me, and it's uh, been a pleasure. And thank you for this opportunity to talk with you. You've been listening to WERA LP 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up with previous shows and any of the other great Radio Arlington programs, check us out online and on demand at WERA.FM. You can find me on Mixcloud, SoundCloud, and now iTunes, as well as Facebook at Choose to be Curious. Follow me on Twitter at Choose number two, letter B, Curious. Don't forget to send us your rosebud analogy, hashtag analogy. I hope you'll join us next time when engineer, entrepreneur, former county board candidate, and founder of Building Bridges, Vivek Patil, joins us to talk about his efforts to engage lots and lots and lots of folks in this region in conversation and community. Everybody has a story, says he. Join us next time for his. Until then, choose to be curious. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com.